Welcome to Bernie's Current Affairs Podcast with Christopher Famous. Listen at your leisure on www.bernews.com. This is Chris Famous. I'm here for Bernie's, and I'm here today with uh, at BDA with Mr. Ross Weber and Mr. Shul Moran. Um, gentlemen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, thanks, Chris. Um, I'm Ross Weber. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the Bermuda Business Development Agency, which we refer to as the BDA. Um, very happy to be here. Thank you. And I'm Sean Moran. I'm one of the Business Development Managers here at the BDA with uh, specific responsibility for asset management and trust and private client. Okay. Um, you want to dwell a little bit, just maybe two seconds, into exactly what you do? Um, well, I said I'm the CEO. Um, I look after the day-to-day operations and the running of the company. I'm the executive director on the board. Mm-hmm. The rest of the board is comprised of non-exec directors, and it's really my job to make sure that the organization is going in the right direction, has the right goals, has the right targets and objectives, and to make sure the operation runs smoothly, effectively, and efficiently. Okay. And yourself, Mr. Murray? So in my role as a business development manager, I work together with uh, focus groups made up of people in industries here, and we all work together to figure out what the strategy should be to develop business in those uh, sectors here on the island. Okay. Tell us, um, in in your personal and professional opinions, why is IB important to Bermuda? I'll, I'll take that one, Chris. So international business employs a lot of people in Bermuda, first of all. So we, based on some of the jobs uh, records that we have, um, we see that almost 4,000 people are directly employed by international business companies here, and over 6,000 more people work in companies that provide essential support services to those companies, such as law firms and accounting firms and banks, etc. And that totals about 30% of the national workforce. And outside of that 30%, um, it's not just those people that benefit. There's, there's actually what we would call a job multiplier effect throughout the entire community. So everyone from contractors to farmers to retailers, artists, entrepreneurs, um, that, that provide services or provide support to those international business companies um, benefit from a healthy business, uh, international business environment here in Bermuda. So the companies support jobs in our community, um, and you know we feel that uh, the more people that are working in the international business sector, the more people that can earn a living throughout the island. And more Haley Hansons could be sued. Oh yeah, you heard that one. <laughs> yeah, um, Mr. Weber, why is Bermuda important to IB? I mean, out of, out of all the places in the world, why is Bermuda important to IB? Well, quite simply, Bermuda and there are a couple of other legitimate international business centres, IFCs, and IFC stands for International Finance Centre. These legitimate financial centres are like the pipes that connect the main financial centres of the world with each other. They're what help keep global economics flowing. They help business internationally. Um... We had a report commissioned a couple of years ago, and that report showed that our little island here in Bermuda supports somewhere in the region of half a million jobs worldwide. At least 300,000 of those jobs are in the United States. Approximately 70,000 of those jobs are in the UK. 
And these jobs are created because of the trade and foreign direct investment and work that goes on here in Bermuda. So we really are a very important piece of a bigger global economic puzzle. Um, the international insurance industry here in Bermuda is also a massive contributor to global stability, particularly based on uh, their, their speed uh, of paying claims, the volume of claims they paid, and the underwriting uh, capacity and insurance capacity they provide to the rest of the world. Okay, thank you. Um, to my knowledge, um, Bermuda started on the train of uh, exam companies back in 1960s, I think, with AIG. Where along that timeline was BDA formed, <laughs> and and why was it formed? Yeah, um, the uh, AIG was actually formed in uh, was it 1957, 47, 47. I'm trying to just, just remember exactly where it was, but it was back there. But actually, the international companies were started much earlier than that. Mm -hmm. It was actually in 1935 okay. when a company called Noble Limited was established to administer their non-U.S. interests. Um, the company was called Elbon. It was named for the Noble family, who were, interestingly, the inventors of Lifesavers Candy. So here in Bermuda, they were the first exempted company because they were the first company to be allowed to do business here without being a minimum of 60% owned. They were the first ones to have the exemption from 60-40. After that came some uh, shipping companies and then AIG was formed and then in 62 Fred Rice started with the captives. So the history of Bermuda and international business uh, it g goes back to nearly a decade now and it's incredibly impressive. Sorry, sorry, a century. Thank you, Sean. The, um, the BDA um, actually grew out of some different legacy organizations. BIBA was originally formed, and BIBA was the Bermuda International Business Association, was originally formed uh, in the 80s as a group of local companies who serviced international business companies. Uh, and, and then that grew and grew as into a more important and more influential organization. There was also something called the Insurance um, Development Council, which was part of the Insurance Advisory Committee. And their job was to promote the jurisdiction as a place to do insurance business. Now, back in the summer of 2012, the PLP government looked to reshape the way that Bermuda went about promoting the island as an international business centre. That was continued under the OBA and in April 2013, this agency, the BDA, was set up by bringing together a number of those other separate agencies under one umbrella. And we were formed so that existing companies could help attract more business to Bermuda and we were also formed to try and get new companies set up here. And why? Because more work for existing companies and more companies coming to Bermuda, that means there are more opportunities for Bermudians to find work. Also, simply having more people living and working here in Bermuda means there are more people contributing to our community. So that's how it kind of evolved and that's why we've been set up. And Mr. Moran, would you, what would you say are some of your, not necessarily naming names, if, if you don't mm -hmm. mind, 
what would you say are some of the successes that uh, BDA has had over the last three years since it's April, April 2013? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I think we've had a lot of really good successes here. Um, you know, I've been here for about two years. Uh, in that time, I've seen a number of new companies set up on the island. So, you know, I, I mentioned that I cover asset management and trust and private client, those two sectors. Um, and we've seen within those sectors new um, fund management companies, new international law firms, new fund administrators. Um, come in. We've also seen dozens of new captive insurance companies set up here on the island and all these companies have hired Bermudians and brought in additional people to the island to, mm -hmm. who are now contributing to the local economy as, as Ross just said. Um, and we've also been connecting these new companies with local companies who they can work in partnership with and that leads to more opportunities for growth at all the local players as well. Um, we get reports from the BMA, the Bermuda Monetary Authority, that show that there are, there are a healthy number of new Bermuda funds and trusts being created here uh, over the last couple of years, and we're optimistic that we'll, we'll continue to see those numbers increase. Okay. And, and, you know, the, the formation of those fund and trust vehicles really gives a lot more work to the lawyers, to the trustees, the other service providers um, on the island. I would just add one more thing that We've, we've also brought a lot of major industry conferences to Bermuda, and that, that's a really important thing because we think that there's no better way to sell the island than to get a few hundred people to come down here for a few days, mm -hmm. learn something, listen to some of our local industry experts and thought leaders, but also take some time to enjoy the weather and the beaches and the hotel amenities and take a taxi tour and visit some of the restaurants, etc. So. Um, there was an example actually of this just last week. We had a trust conference down here called the Transcontinental Trust Conference up at the Fairmont Southampton. And I know that one of the attendees, after you know, spending three days at this conference and speaking and learning a lot from, from the local players, then stayed on a week and got a scuba diving license and took some taxi tours and mm. golfed and did all of those things. So he loved it. And, and the international business conferences were finding dovetail really nicely with the tourism and the hospitality sectors. So all of those things together, I think, are um, you know, really helping us paint a great picture of Bermuda. So you would call that the, uh, like you say, the trickle-down effect? I don't call it the trickle-down effect here at all. We, we very much look at it as an economic multiplier. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that's because there are so many different sectors and segments of business and different types of businesses here in Bermuda all of which need people mm -hmm. to actually go in and use their services. That's why I say the more people that we bring to the island, the more people that we have here that contribute to the economy, that definitely equates to an economic multiplier across a whole different series of businesses. Mm -hmm. If you're running, a, if you're running a, uh, a bakery or if you're running a dry cleaners, um, it's, it's, I wouldn't call it trickle-down because we have insurers here that happen to use your dry cleaner. I would say very much you have more customers on the island to do business with you, which is why I look at getting people, whether they be long-term residents or actual physical residents on the island, or business visitors that come and spend a lot of time and a lot of money here. That's economic multiplier. Okay. Um, when you're approaching businesses abroad, what would you say are the top three reasons, selling points that you give you give to these businesses why they should re-domicile to Bermuda? Um, I'll give you five. Mm -hmm. um, 
what I tend to describe is the fact that Bermuda has an appropriate tax and regulatory system. We have a conducive legal environment. We have an ideal physical location. We have a proven blue chip record of transparency and compliance. Oh, we happen to be a particularly beautiful spot in the world. So those are five reasons that I reel off right from the top of my head every time anybody asks me, why Bermuda? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily in this field, but I, I try to read, as many Bermudians do. And we realize that we have competition in places like, um, for example, Cayman Islands to some extent, um, Guernsey, I think. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, Isle of Man. Mm -hmm. to, to a lesser extent. So the, the, we as Bermudians need to know, well, what is our competitive edge? Yeah. Because the internet is everywhere, you know, global banking is everywhere. So what is the finite edge that we have over these people? Or not these people, but yeah. these jurisdictions. It's a subtle combination of those factors that I just, just laid out for you. But probably... The answer to the question, the most important one there, <clears throat> is very much our reputation. Mm -hmm. It's our blue chip reputation and our record of global transparency, compliance and regulation. Um, you will hear the accusation of tax haven being thrown to, to, to many places, including Bermuda. Um, and I've, I've been asked before, so, you know, is Bermuda actually a tax haven? Um, my answer to that is no, or at the very least, not according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. And the OECD mm -hmm. is the official group that actually decides on these things. If you take this back to 1998... The OECD identified four factors that all have to be met in order to be classified as a tax haven. And I'll, I'll take you through all four. Mm -hmm. They are, number one, a lack of transparency. Number two, a lack of information exchange. Number three, no substantial activity. Or number four, no or nominal tax on income. So there's four criteria, and maybe Bermuda ticks just one of those boxes, but only barely. We've got a 15.5% payroll tax, which I would hardly call nominal. However, it's not viewed as income tax in the eyes of onshore taxmen. But as for the other three, we, we simply don't qualify. For transparency, the BMA has had a register that shows who owns every business in Bermuda. And that's been in place for over 70 years. We share that information with onshore authorities when requested. And Bermuda does not have laws that protect bank secrecy, like places like Switzerland do. Um, on information exchange, we have 91 treaty partners around the world, and those partners include countries with whom we've signed TIAs. Now, the TIA actually stands for Tax Information Exchange Agreement. We exchange information all the time. And as far as substantial activity is concerned, just take a look around Hamilton. 
You'll see Ace, now called Chubb. You'll see XL Catlin. You'll see Bacardi. You'll see AIG, as well as Deloitte, Ernst & Young, KPMG, PricewaterhouseCoopers. Now, I can go on and on and on about the hundreds of different multinational companies with thousands of real, live, living human beings working in those buildings on global transactions. So according to the OECD's own rules, we are definitely not a tax haven. Because in places such as BVI or Caymans, you have a lot of companies that are simply a mailbox. See, you've nailed it there. Mm -hmm. And here's the problem. Unfortunately, some journalists, some politicians, some non-government organizations, NGOs, they call us a tax haven because they confuse us and lump us in with many places that actually are tax havens. And they do it mainly to score political points or sometimes just because they don't know the facts. But would you say that it's, it's helpful at times when you see um, uh, Bermuda going to London, for example, with, uh, let's say you have um, Minister of Finance, Bob Richards, going to London with the, uh, the Minister of Finance for Cayman Islands, Minister of Finance for um, BVI or the um, Premier of yep. either one of these places. So in doing so, optics-wise, yep. it looks like they're all coming to the table to say, to, to plead innocence. And we, we as in our jurisdiction have to even probably have to go separately. Like you know. I completely agree with you. And actually what I've seen in recent times is that message of differentiation, of making sure people know Bermuda is different, is starting to take hold. It's certainly one of the things that we've been doing a lot here at the BDA. I believe the Ministry of Finance is also starting to pick up on that messaging. You're absolutely correct that they weren't doing that before. I think they're starting to do it now, and it's definitely a message that we are driving here. All right, I'm going to take you back to uh, 1998 when the UBP was the government and um, yet uh, Primate, well, Premier Pamela Gordon then. I remember at that time they wanted to put Bermuda on a blacklist, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And I remember distinctly she had um, at least five to seven premiers from other overseas territories come here specifically for that. I don't know if you'll remember that. that I'm, I'm aware of what you're talking about, yeah. So I, I know in my mind that even back then we were trying to clarify to, mm -hmm. to the, the higher powers that we weren't a tax haven. But this is continuous. I guess it comes up in different election cycles rather than the U.S. Absolutely. or the U.K. where you have uh, the other, just the other day you had um, the leader of the opposition yeah, in the U.K., Corbyn, saying that we need to impose direct rule level mm -hmm. Bermuda because of this Panama Papers thing. Mm -hmm. And then you have just earlier this week, Bernie's um, presidential candidate, Bernie Sanders, was in Puerto Rico. And he spoke somewhat disparagingly about Bermuda being a tax haven. So, as you said, it comes up by politicians, but apart from us going out to, to London or, or Washington, D.C., do we have um, concerted lobbyists 
speaking on our behalf? What I can tell you from the BDA's perspective mm -hmm. is that we actually do have um, some advocacy um, consulting advice that we are using and we over the last 18 months here at BDA have made a distinct and concerted push to differentiate Bermuda from the others. It's, it's what I say is we, we are creating a Champions League of offshore jurisdictions which really differentiate the clean, compliant, regulatory efficient jurisdictions versus those others who have a long way to catch up. So if you look at Bermuda mm -hmm. and you look at the Channel Islands, particularly Guernsey and Jersey, these are ones that are now beginning to be viewed in a much more positive light by people in the UK and by people in the United States as opposed to the way that many other uh, small island tax haven mm -hmm. offshore financial centers are being viewed. And that's very much to do with a lot of the advocacy push that we put in place here in, um, in Bermuda. Sean, you might want to talk a little bit about how we're perceived from a private client perspective. Yeah, I think to just, just to add to that, I mean, there, there's definitely some advantage we feel at this point to um, team up with some of the other, what we were talking about earlier, legitimate fi international financial centers to really try to separate mm -hmm. ourselves from the rest. I think in, the, in this current environment where there's a lot more scrutiny on offshore jurisdictions, um, we have to do that. Um, so I wouldn't really view it as colluding with other um, jurisdictions uh, when we go out to the, um, to the public. But I think uh, there is definitely this continued message of education that we're trying to get across. Mm -hmm. And Bermuda does have an excellent reputation that we're going to continue to tell people about and keep, um, keep making sure that people understand. Okay, let me ask you this here, Mr. Moran. Um, what is BDA's focus and types of businesses, attracting types of businesses from the U.S., the EU, Latin America, or even mm -hmm. Africa as an, mm -hmm. as an emerging market? Right, so in terms of where we think we can find the most business opportunities, it really is, and this probably be no surprise, uh, places like New York and London, the main financial centers of the world where um, the key decision makers are and where um, you know a lot of the where a lot of the uh, money managers, wealth advisors, insurance brokers, entrepreneurs, where, where they're all located. Um, it's important that the people in those centers understand about you know, what Bermuda is and isn't and, and what our strengths and advantages are. Um, we are giving some focus to regions like Latin America, Asia, particularly China and Singapore. Um, and we're looking as well at uh, Canada. Uh, Canada is another re region we've been focusing on because a lot of um, big corporations there are interested in setting up captive insurance companies in Bermuda. So in LATAM and Asia, there's a lot of new wealth, there's a lot of new business opportunities coming up. And um, we're making some headway with uh, uh, raising Bermuda's profile in those markets. Okay, let's. I, mean, I, I can touch upon yeah. the African uh, side as mm -hmm. well. We, we've been working for a couple of years now with a, a group called ARC, which is the African Risk Consortium. Um, and they, that, that's a group of different countries in Africa who've gathered together, uh, basically like a mutual, pooling, pooling some capacity together here in Bermuda so that several African countries can have some reinsurance layers for flood, drought, and natural disaster coverage. So we've seen some more interest from those markets there. And also, um, I've recently commissioned some research into the China market. 
so that we can really see um, what type of business Bermuda should be going after in a very tight, targeted, focused manner. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also uh, doing some research on the Middle East in general, Iran in particular right now, just so that we can really work out what are the new markets we should be tapping into. And rather than going blunderbuss and scattershot, be really, really focused on the type of business we're going after in those markets. So we're not just resting on our laurels here at BDA, just doing UK and London. We really are making the effort to do very targeted research on, on emerging markets to see where we can expand our, our base. Yeah, I noticed, um, I think, was it last year or year before last, you had made a push for, no, I won't say a push, but uh, some contact with uh, the Mexican market mm -hmm. and, and Brazil as well, I yep. think. And you had Mr. Mr. Ramsey. Yeah, Jeremy. So you, for me, it was very inspirational to see such persons such as himself and now um, the younger Mr. Richards here. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to Bermudians who are looking at careers, changing careers, um, upgrading their skill sets, what would you say is uh, needed for them to be able to get in on this, this uh, market? It's a great question, and I'm glad you've recognized the likes of Kevin and, and Jeremy Ramsey. We've recently brought in um, Lanisha Lightbourne as well. We've got uh, Deshay Keynes working with us here and Morgan Simons, etc. We actually are strongly dedicated to, to employing Bermudians right here in the BDA. Uh, the, the answer to your question might not be uh, the, the warm, fuzzy, soft answer that a lot of your listeners might want to hear. But the answer is, it's going to be hard work and you've got to work hard. You've got to show doggedness and you've got to show perseverance. Because it really is uh, about making sure that you're known, making sure people uh, are aware that you have a skill set and a desire to work in international business. There's also a, a realization that you have to start pretty low down that ladder and you have to be prepared to work very, very hard in order to climb it. I'll give you a personal story just to put this into context. When I first came back to the island in 1994, I did some tarmacking work. I did some work putting office furniture together. I spent some time working at Oleander Cycles, renting bikes to tourists. And then I got a lucky break and I was, uh, I was able to go work at ACE back in 1995 and I was employee number 91. And I was working for Madeline Joel at Ace Insurance, late Madeline Joel mm -hmm. at Ace Insurance. I had a nice title and I was called Marketing Associate. But the reality is, I was Madeline's secretary. That's what I was. And you have to be. Don't you prepared. want you to wear a personal assistant? No, I was her secretary. Let's keep it real. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was. And you have to be prepared to go in there and do photocopying and book lunches at Little Venice and carry the bag around and do a lot of lot of what's what can be unappealing grunt work. But you do that. You show dedication. You show effort, and you show the willingness to grow and learn. 
and you'll be able to grow an international business. I think Sean might have some And I would just also add the networking here on the island, because it is a, a relatively small community and concentrated in one main area, um, there's a lot of networking to be done here. Um, there are also a lot of scholarships and opportunities for people to um, take advantage of, of some of the um, financial support that can be offered by international business companies here to help them with their studies. ABIC, for example, the Association of Bermuda International Companies, um, provides scholarships each year to students that are pursuing international business uh, studies or, or associated degrees. So, uh, you know, those sorts of opportunities, are there are a lot of them here, probably more uh, than in most other places in the world. So I would really encourage people that are interested to follow up some of those opportunities and really, uh, you know, talk to people in the industry. So thank you, gentlemen. Um, in closing, um, I'm going to ask you each one question. Mr. Rebel, what would you say to Bermudians? What message, if you had two minutes to say something to Bermudians about BDA, IB, and everything else, what would you say? Um, I'd say right now we are very bullish on Bermuda's future. We are seeing a turnaround in the economy and I see things start to move forward. I would tell Bermudians uh, that they need to be patient, they need to manage their expectations, but they need to get themselves known to people within international business if they really want to work there. I would also say that they would need to be prepared to take, I don't want to use the term sacrifice, but the reality is go in, go in pretty low and prove yourself by working hard. You do that, you will come through the other side with a much better, better career and much better, better opportunities. That's, that's the message that I leave. And Mr. Moran, as the internet is global, what message would you say to those who may listen to this, who are outside of Bermuda saying, Hmm, I'm thinking about maybe redomiciling Bermuda. What would you say to them? I would say that Bermuda's got so many great things to offer in terms of supporting your international business. Uh, if you are a fund manager or a trust company or an insurance company uh, overseas, um, give us a look. Come give, it, give the BDA a call and have an introductory chat with us. We can help introduce you to all the, or all the local experts here on the ground that can help you uh, make your decisions. Um, and also, you know, for the people that might be interested in working for companies here locally as well, there, you know, that we are in growth mode, um, and there are going to be opportunities here. Um, obviously, we want our local Bermudians all employed, and so the those that are coming back from school and uh, and and you know other jobs locally, we definitely want to get more people here in the international business sector because we're going to need them. You forgot one thing. What's that? Two things. You didn't tell them about America's Cup. You tell them about cup match. Oh, cup match. Well, cup match is cup easy. Match is easy. It's time, yeah. for, time for the cup to come home where she belongs, blue and blue all the way. Same joke. <laughs> all right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Burn You's Current Affairs Podcast with Christopher Famous. Listen at your leisure on www.burnews.com, your 24-7 Bermuda news source.